Yeah, we had the little interruption, but we uh, we're getting to it. We're covering the 2014 uh, Irish film uh, "Song of the Sea" is our uh, effort today, and it's one that 99% of you will have heard nothing of. It's animated, by the way, worth noting. Yeah, well, that's gonna be that's gonna come up a ton. Um, oh yeah, it was brought to our attention by um, uh, our good friend Ryan Collin, who previously had us do um, "Standing Ovation" was his episode. <laughs> what a contrast. This is better. I actually first heard of it from, uh, it was advertised at the bunch of, uh, on the front of a bunch of Studio Ghibli DVDs. Yeah, because it's the uh, same distributor. Yeah. Now, mind, it's not Studio Ghibli, but. No, but it's the same distributor. Um, and, uh, G-Kids, uh, did it. Um, this is a, this is a different film for us. The, you know, we, we, we do strive to kind of go outside the norm, um. Look, if you want a discussion of minions, you can go a million places. Also, why the hell would we do a discussion of minions? No, that's that's one of the things we will never do on this cast. That's probably on our Patreon no request list. Yeah, it. The thing about it is, the thing about the minions is they're not. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they've been played out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, Despicable Me is just so hopelessly mediocre, it's annoying. This is different. Yeah. This is this is a very different little film that we're going to do. I have some criticisms, and I'm not going to shy away from them, but this is a very interesting film. Um, yeah. Uh, Oscar nominated, for the record. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it was nominated uh, for Best Animated Feature uh, for 2014-2015. Uh, and Big Hero 6 probably be it up. Yeah, I think this was one of the com- competitors uh, for uh, Big Hero. Or no, it may have been. If it was 2014, it would have been for 2015 Oscars, which means right. Which means that Big Hero Six was also nominated that year. Oh yeah, the point is, it's not that film. It's not. It's uh, the, yeah. the point is, it's. Uh, I mean, look, this movie never had a chance at winning anyway. Let's be clear, this movie was on the nom- yeah nomination slate because it looked good i mean i'm just being perfectly honest here yeah it's a gorgeous film it is this is a really gorgeous film very watercolor it, every second is fun to look at yeah 
it is it's it's a very pretty film the story is pretty basic um it uh, by the way the film comes from director tom moore who previously did the secret of uh the kells which i've heard is fantastic i've never seen it Mm. well that makes me want to see that now yeah 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 Uh, I, i need to seek that out uh right now i've been doing a lot of home watching binging uh also tom moore is a uh, with two m's and of course you know moore is a, a very irish name if i've ever heard one yeah boy and boy this movie is as irish as it gets oh god yes it's very celtic yeah why don't you do me the favor of summing up the story because you just watched it last night yeah i just watched it last night it's very fresh so basically a woman is on the cusp of having a baby and she tells her son, she's like three at this point. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. And uh, and she tells her son a bunch of myths and legends uh, about, like, there are, there are a bunch of them, too many to keep track of, but the main, the main one is about this guy who lost a loved one and basically cried an ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, his grandmother took his pain away. And he turned into stone. Uh, that's that's the main legend. But, you know, she tells him all these stories. And then one day, she is up and disappears. And uh, leaves behind the baby. And years later, when the baby is six, her name is Saoirse. That's it. Yes. And, yeah. You would not know from the spelling. <laughs> the no. spelling does not look like that. Uh, but... Yeah, it's very nice, very carefully. Saoirse, she cannot, she's six and she cannot speak yet. Uh, like, she can understand perfectly well, she can, you know, do all the things a six-year-old can do, but she just cannot speak. Uh, and her brother, uh, despite having been very excited, you know, of about the new baby at the age of three, uh, does not take to his sister well. Yeah, he's very resentful. Yeah, he's very resentful of her. You know, and you could draw from that that well, it's because her uh, their mother disappeared at the same time she was born, which I you know that's the subtext. But anyway, we're gonna get into subtext a little later on. Yeah, a series of events happens that leads the mind adventure uh, to seek this coat that makes her transform. Uh, it, you find out in time that she is a mythical creature called a selkie basically a person who can transform into a seal it's a strange myth yeah that's the basic that's the base it, it the plot twists and turns but that's basically what yeah it is it's it's very it's very much a standard journey story it's uh a, a st- it's a story about the idea that magic has gone out of the world and all of these are you know and the idea there's parallels, for example, like the characters in mythology are also voiced by people who play realistic roles in the story. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of double, uh, uh, double parts for the voice actors there. Yeah, which are nothing wrong with that. Um, no, nah, it's cool. Uh, it, but it's very, it's very much a movie that doesn't have a tremendous amount of sub subtext. Is the thing. This the text the subtext in this movie is pretty much right there on the surface. 
this is fundamentally an allegory for growing up and for dealing with loss. Yeah. It's not particularly subtle. But that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, 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 this movie is really extensively about its visual. It is, it is a fun story. It is maybe, I think, one, one of my minor complaints is that I think maybe it's about five to ten minutes too long. There are times the pacing I felt was a little slack. I didn't. I didn't feel that. I felt the atmosphere. Yeah, and that's just it. The atmosphere. I mean, I did think it, it had a nice atmosphere, but that's just. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, a complaint from me. I'm. I'm writer. I'm such a writer-driven reviewer that like I'm gonna right. look at things like that. But it is. It is beautiful to look at. The film is absolutely gorgeous to to look at. Um, and. I do respect the fact that the movie doesn't go heavy on, like, say, trying to appeal to, like, noise. This is a very quiet film. It is, yeah. It didn't It didn't feel like it was pandering in any way. No, it just tells this simple little story, and it tells it very well. It's, it's lushly. I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's just a nice poetic little story about coming to terms with loss and uh, moving on, and... That's something that has stuck with me about it. Yeah, a lot of its storytelling uh, devices uh, are very Miyazaki-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why G-Kids uh, picked this up, because uh, it, it yeah. does appeal very much to the same audience. Uh, the main example being uh, how much... Uh, we're going into full spoilers, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, with a movie like this, you can't really spoil too much. Because it's so much yeah. about the visuals. That's true. That's true. But yeah, the the main point being uh, uh, the grandmother slash the uh, the owl. Uh, I forgot where her name was. Mac. Yeah. Maka. Yeah, something like that. We really don't want to fumble the pronunciations any more than we have to here. Yeah, that f- that felt very much like a. Uh, uh, which of the no that's the wrong movie um <laughs> like um spirited away yeah yeah el baba there's a lot of that there's a lot of that here i'm butchering that but yes yes that's very much what that felt like and it's it's like she's not evil but uh she's just very misguided and yeah yeah she's behind most of this yeah but she's not doing it because she wants to destroy. She's doing it because she's so concerned about doing right and about helping and about trying to take away the pain, which is a parallel to the grandmother um, trying to take the kids away uh, to the city to, you know, because the father is unfit because he's so lost in his grief. And also the the same with the... Uh... The father having the same voice as the king that yeah, comes back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that has, well, that has uh, cried the ocean. Mm-hmm. It, it, again, it, it's, it, in fact, I mean, really, even the grandmother and the uh, witch are drawn identically, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's basically the same model. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just reinforcing the parallels here. Um I mean, again, the story is very allegorical. All stories, the way that I see it, almost all stories about the end of magic in an age are about growing up and about maturing and facing the world. And I've, I've always felt like that's a, a key theme, and it really does come to the surface here. Uh, there's the idea that for the little girl to be able to survive in the modern, in the real, 
world, so to speak, she has to give up being a Selkie. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's not, again, it's not subtle. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. And, and it's moving. Uh, so much of the movie, music plays a big role in this movie, too. Um, obviously, as you would expect from a film with that title. Oh, yeah. The idea is That's... that they need to complete this song to finish the quest. That's very much uh, a Lord of the Rings type thing, too. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, Lord of the Rings deal, deals heavily with that. Um, oh, yeah, with the elves uh, going off to the Grey Havens so mm -hmm. they don't die. But eventually, like, I think in the mythology of Lord of the Rings, eventually, it's like, what is it? Heaven is connected with Earth, and then eventually the Earth curves away from Heaven. Yeah. And so, yeah, Frodo catches, like, the last ship, and that's what's happening there. But, yeah, it's very much that. Yeah, it, it is. And, I mean, it works, because uh, Lord of the Rings drew so heavily on Celtic mythology, after all. So, it's not a shock. Tolkien was trying to create a new modern Celtic myth, basically. One of the things I liked about this movie a lot is that there is a lot to, there to process as far as the mythology goes. Yeah. But, however... Uh, it's not overwhelming. Like, no. they just kind of give it to you in pieces, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, and, you know, the basic fundamentals are there. You know, all these pe all these creatures are turning into stone, and it's the owl's fault. Mm -hmm. So he's so he's just tracing that, and he's just, you know, everything he meets is just a little piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is fairly clean in that way. and it, it, Yeah, it's well I'm, handled. I mean, if, if you're like me and you love Celtic mythology anyway, that's going to be something that you're going to cotton to. Because uh, I, I do. I, I greatly love Celtic mythology. Uh, I don't. I didn't catch every reference. I didn't catch everything that was embedded in here. But I did enjoy... But I enjoyed being overwhelmed with it. Um, yeah. It, it really... You know, certainly I was familiar with the uh, myth of uh, the Selkies. That's a very common myth. Uh, yeah. I was not familiar with it, but it's really cool. It's popped up in uh, a number of pieces I've seen. Um, I want, one last thing I want to say about the music, by the way. Uh, the score comes from uh, Bruno Coulet, who did the music for uh, Coraline. Oh. Yeah. And oh, yes. And I can hear it now. Yeah. I, it really shows. There's that same kind of spectral quality to the, move, to the music. It's, it's very haunting. It, it's, it's, it's very eerie and, and very effective. Um, so yeah, that that's something that I really liked about it. Um, there there really is a lot of good here. I, I, I really. Um, one thing that I will say about this movie is I'm going to kind of struggle to come up with too much to say about it because it is a fairly simple film, like American animated films. Like this is totally a movie. This is not a movie that I feel like some people are going to hear. Oh, it's a foreign animated film, and that's going to make it kind of a challenge to show to smaller kids. No, nah. no, it, this is nah. completely a kid-friendly movie. Um, just because it's not as loud and braying, like, we forget that kids actually really like quieter films. They don't need the noise. Usually the ones yeah. that are the most transfixing are the ones that are the subtlest and are the quietest. Oh, God, yeah. When, uh, uh, when my niece and nephew were... Oh, this is probably, like, three years ago, so... Uh, three and five, uh, we'd put it on Spirited Away, mm -hmm. and they would just be <laughs> glued to the TV. Well, it's, cause, it's because it's told at a pace that they understand, that they can relate to. Um, yeah. 
and, and again that there is so much here to 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 soak up uh in the visuals uh but yeah i mean i the fact that this is told at a very calm relaxed pace without you know again there's not a minion factor to this movie oh hell no no it's just a simply told story and it's told well and i liked that i i really appreciate that because it meant that i could just really soak it up and enjoy it and there's not enough of that. I mean, that is something that really bugs me about Western animation. Even the best Western animated films seem to really fall prey to that, at least in America. That screeching. And let's be clear, overseas has a lot to do with that. Um, the box office, for example, for the uh, Ice Age movies is heavily driven by how much. By, you know, that's, yeah, the, the, the overseas box office on those. That's why we kept getting them. Even though the franchise has made progressively less money with every single entry. You know, at one point I said I was going to uh, do to that movie what I did with uh, uh, Road Chip. I'm kind of glad I didn't. Yeah, that's another thing. This is this is not a franchisable movie. This movie ends very sealed ending. which It's one and done. Yeah, God knows American movies don't do that because we need... Franchises, and that's not always a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the fact that uh, Zootopia, for example, ends screaming for a sequel is fine with me because I want to go back to that world. I want to delve deeper into it. Well, it's even it's it's that over here is so bad that uh, even movies that have a one and done ending, like a lot of the Disney Renaissance and uh, uh, yeah, a lot of the Disney Renaissance movies. They're one and done. Cinderella, well, Cinderella's not a Renaissance movie, but Cinderella. Yeah, one and uh, done. Lion, yeah, Lion King, which technically, whatever, that's probably actually kind of one of the better examples of them making sequels. Yeah, because I've heard. I hear. I've heard that the second one was pretty good, and that the third one, the uh, Timon and Pumbaa sequel, is fantastic. To the point they almost gave it theatrical distribution, actually. Yeah, and of course, Lion Guard is doing pretty well right now. Yeah. But anyway, that's maybe not a good example, but uh, Aladdin is also not a good example of this. But Well, actually, yeah, because Aladdin um, actually left itself perfectly open for sequels. Aladdin made great sense, and in fact, the sequels, Return of Jafar wasn't so hot, but King of Thieves was pretty good, and uh, I really loved the series. I thought the series was dynamite, so yeah. Okay, let's talk about the Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. Uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. A Hunchback of friggin' Notre Dame. These are, by the way, there's a cool story about... Um, uh, Little Mermaid 2 uh, when they were doing it they were they uh, had they uh, hired a voice act the sequel they hired a voice actress to come in and do a temp track for Ariel's daughter and that's more or less what you wind up hearing on the fin- and they were going to go and try and get then a name child actress to do it they wound up going hmm. uh, what you wind up hearing is what is pretty much the temp track from what I understand that's pretty neat yeah that's pretty good yeah yeah, I've seen uh, the only one of those sequels I've seen is Little Mermaid three, and it's garbage. Yeah, so so this this is also not very merchandisable. I mean, the little girl is adorable. Don't get me wrong; she's super cute. You can't really sell dolls, though. You can't really sell like the closest you have is you have those fairies in the movie, and I kind of thought for a moment, oh, these are going to be the scrap fa- factor of the movie. These are going to be the characters that are going to show up throughout the movie and they're gonna you know they're gonna be the comic relief they're pretty much in that one scene and they're gone no i, ne- I never expected that 
But that's because that's what I've been conditioned to from American films. I know. I know, isn't it bad? <laughs> but but no, they show up and they're turned to stone and that's it. They're, they're, their role in the story is told. Oh yeah, you're not talking about the little lights, you're talking about the... Uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I did kind of expect it from them. But when it's, but then their scene is done and they're done. It's It's not playing to the American conventions. No. And I like that. I mean, you do... They show up, like, a glimpse later uh, when everybody is turned back, but that's about it. Yeah. You do also have the dog, but again, that's really barely counts. That This movie really does avoid it pretty hard, and I liked that. I, I liked that because it made me feel like I was respected for once. Yeah. The <laughs> and for a kid's film, uh, this has something close to the F word. Did you notice that? No. <laughs> Written on the outside, I, th- I thought it was hilarious. Uh, written on the outside of the uh, the fairy, I forgot what their uh, what the Celtic name for them is, but yeah, the Fey folk, uh, or we folk. Or I, I'm trying to think. Oh, there's. Let's just go with fairies because I'm trying. To, I can't remember the name of them. But outside, they're written or scratched on the outside of their door. It's the thing that says "fake off." It's F E I C off. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. Couldn't do that. It's just a little touch. Yeah, and that's a, and that's really as close as the movie gets to adult humor too. That's another thing that I noticed. This movie really refuses. There's no fart jokes. There's no, you know, oh God, no. there's no bathroom humor of any kind. It really does play it seriously, which is nice. I, I, it's a respite. And I, I will say that American movies maybe the propensity propensity for that is a little overstated at least of late but yeah. yeah it's still nice that there's no there's not much sexual there's no sexual humor there's no this isn't this movie is aggressively not trying to play to adults that's fine yeah like i that's good i mean it's yeah i probably don't need it and it it makes me mad that movies do try so hard mm-hmm. it's like no I, I don't need it so yeah, I, I like that. That's just sort of a thing that, you know. Yeah, it's. Uh, did you see the thing on uh, uh, Nostalgia Critic just put up about does PG mean anything anymore? I still have not. No. Oh, uh, he makes a good point. Because uh, I know we discussed again, it last nostal- week. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Well, that's one of the points he brings up is that, you know, nowadays, you know, G is toxic and people kind of stay away from it. Uh, And a PG means, oh, yeah, parents, it's okay to come and watch this movie with your kids. Here, we'll throw in a a dirty reference for you. Uh, And it's, it's so blatantly obvious. But you know what's so funny about that is the Toy Story movies are all G. They are, yeah. They're all very happily G-rated movies. They are also hysterical and tear-jerking and amazing, and all three are me- are just classics. Oh my god! When I I actually went to the midnight of Toy Story three, it was sold out for one thing. It was wall-to-wall people my age, so you know at that point it would have been mid twenties, right? And everybody was eating it up. Everybody was devouring. It didn't matter that it was PG. I mean, admittedly, this one did have the advantage of nostalgia from childhood. But the audience devoured it because 
It's an awesome movie. I mean, if you make a movie good, I don't... Caring about the ratings shouldn't be a thing, but studios do that. Right. Uh, I don't know. But this is this movie, I don't know what the rating is. Um, it, if it is PG, it might be for darker material. There, It does deal very honestly. Right. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, there are references to the fact that Dad's an alcoholic. I Yeah, I did not know uh, the rating on it. But yeah, it's... I can kind of see that. I don't know what it is, and I, I'm, I'm, that's really, really. I mean, it's, it's probably. I'll, I'll, I'll here. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to look up what this. Yeah, because this is an important part of for it. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine it's the fake off. <laughs> yeah. To be completely honest. No, you'd be surprised what gets by them. <laughs> MPAA rated Song of the Sea PG for some mild peril, language, and pipe smoking images. So, there you go. Okay, that makes sense. But, I don't know. I mean, that said, I would still show this to a very small child, without hesitation. Yeah. Um, Lola, because I have a copy of the DVD, Lola will watch it, uh, definitely. Yeah. And she'll probably enjoy it. Um, yeah. I can't wait to watch movies like that with her. Yeah. But... <laughs> that's that's the fun part. Yeah, I think she'll... But, I mean, it, it and it is, it's very kid-friendly. The animation. Let's talk about the animation finally, because I, I wanted to yeah. delay really getting into the animation until the back half of the cast, because that really is so much of what I want to talk about. This movie makes so much usage of Celtic imagery, Celtic runes, Celtic symbols, patterns, things that are lost on me to a great degree, but which are really gorgeous and which are really thrown throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. This is very much a movie where every frame can be studied and dissected. Uh, again, it's hand-drawn. It's hand-drawn with computer assistance, which what 2D thing is not. Yeah. Uh, but it's mostly for, like, textures and... Yeah, but it's... it's And it's interesting. It's like, at times the motion will be very smooth. At times it won't be. At times it'll be choppy. Hmm, what does this remind you of? The sea see oh yeah so that's kind of effective um uh when when it goes into like tales of the mythology it there is a certain shift in the style that's very effective and it's just this movie works this movie really does work very well um it's very smooth it is very smooth and it, it looks lovely um there, there really there is so much beauty to this film's uh art i i really it's it's interesting. It's as I said, it's a very watercolor, very pastel movie. Like it's not bright, screaming colors. There is a muted quality to everything, and I really like that. The character design is very storybook. I'll tell you what it reminded me of is I have a copy of uh, the uh, Steven Universe: The Answer. They did that as a storybook. Oh yeah, I was just thinking of that. <laughs> and this actually kind of looked like that. Yeah, because I'm I got it from my uh, cousin. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, I've heard great things about that. I know the episode that it's based on is fantastic. Yeah, so so it's an interesting style there, um, and it's it's really poetic. Um, so, um, and that's kind of what I feel about this. Is it, 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 it is playful. Uh, certainly the more realistic, grounded scenes have a much more realistic, grounded look to them, but when it does... But there's not much of those, frankly. The the scenes where the little girl is the uh, seal are really amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, they really explode with life and energy. And they're neat to look at. 
there are the scenes that the colors do pop a bit. The brightness of how white the seals are next to everything else really shows. Yeah, and every, everything that involves the sea looks a lot like construction paper cut out. It really does. It really does. Yeah, which is a nice effect. It's nice they can do that uh, while getting away from having it look like South Park. Yeah. It, it ha- again, I Far ke- away. I keep going back to storybooks because that's really what this reminded me of is a big epic storybook. I mean, it's beautiful. It, it really is, frankly, very beautiful. And I got a lot out of looking at it. I, I really did. It, 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 it's, it's very transfixing. And that's kind of the thing that I really want to talk about here is you pointed this out, the death of 2D animation. In the West, in, in America, 2D animation animation is more or less it's not entirely true like it's the state of it uh the state of 2d animation is an interesting place right now because it does live on through television but theatrically it's dead as a doornail theatrically it's pretty dead yeah uh it has to it has to come from foreign sources in order for it to be uh shown theatrically and i kind of want to talk for just a quick moment about my thoughts on the death of 2d animation because you know i've been doing my monthly columns where i look at years and i look at the movies of each year and i've covered some of the years where 2d animation started to sputter and one thing i'll really stress is that 2d animation here's the problem that you had with 2d animation in the west was it was a mistaken under it was a misunderstanding of what was going on because the thought was that Toy Story, Ants, A Bug's Life, um, Toy Story 2, and Shrek all succeeded because they were CGI animated movies. And that The Road to El Dorado, um, let's see, The Road to El Dorado, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, The Emperor's New Groove. All of those which, by the way, uh, now have a following. Like, they have, they are retroactively... Yeah. Uh, cult films basically you know the thought is that oh well it was entirely about the animation i would argue in all those cases it was really about the scripts um and can i say something kind of unpopular here i recently rewatched the emperor's new groove and i wasn't actually all that impressed with it to be honest i had the opposite reaction i just i enjoyed just how much of a looney tunes cartoon it was i mean it's fine as a looney tunes type movie but I I don't know. It left me a little colder than I expected. Um, it didn't. I didn't laugh that much at it as much. As I, at least as much as I had. I mean, the, I will say this: DreamWorks attempts at uh, cell drawn animation, with the exception of uh, the unbelievably good um, Prince of Egypt, which is amazing. Yeah, DreamWorks. That's why I need to give a revisit. Oh yeah. Soon. Oh yeah. DreamWorks, their cell-drawn animated movies were never all that good, frankly. You know, and that's the thing. You had these movies that were coming out that weren't very good. At the same time, you had you had these movies that, you know... On the other hand, the CGI movies had better scripts. And yes, I listed Shrek in that list. Let's all scrub our memories of the sequels. Although, honestly, I still like 2. I still actually like 2 quite a bit. I like too because at the very least it didn't do a resetting of the situation. It actually, the events of the first movie actually mattered. But let's scrub the the first, you know, the first movie still does have a lot of wit. It does have a lot of energy. And it's not just pop culture references. There really is a genuinely good script and characterization throughout that movie. Um, 
I still quite like it. It's when the sequ- it's when the second one hit and the spin-off started that it, things I think went really badly downhill for that franchise. But yeah. But but I mean seriously, you had that that those movies they had better you know, they were better, frankly. They were they spent more time on the scripts. And so these lame attempts at trying to do the Disney format didn't work. And then of course Disney did make one last attempt at trying to do a big major cell drawn animated film with uh the princess and the frog. Do you know why that one didn't work? <laughs> because it had princess in the title. Mm. There are so many answers. There are so many bad answers that can come up, all of which miss the really big point of that movie. It's not very good. Yeah. It's 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 not very good. It's extremely poorly structured. It's extremely the characters are very poorly sketched out. It, you know, it feels very self-important. Like it's so proud of the fact that it's a cell-drawn animated film in the modern day. Right. That it, you know, that it just, it's so exciting. It's like, see, see, we went back to our 2D roots. Like, that's great, but have a script to match. Yeah, have a damn script. Then the next year, it was like, okay, here's Tangled, a movie that if it had been 2D, would have actually pulled off what you were trying for there. But it was 3D. Again, Tangled had a, Tangled had a damn good script, though, is the thing. I have a I have a theory. Late nineties, like when they were when CG animated films were kind of starting to find their legs, you know, starting with Toy Story. By that point, two D animation was old hat. It was like everybody knew the tips and tricks. Everybody was yeah able to churn them out. Disney they had at least one every year, and everybody was trying to be Disney too. Let's not forget. That's true. Yeah, no exceptions. Um, but. Yeah, CG was still new. People were still trying to figure out how to do it. It was still a marvel. Uh and with such things, uh you had to have a you had to have a worthy script to match the effort. Now it's gotten pretty lame because I mean it didn't take it didn't take that long for uh CG animated films to get lame. But Nowadays, it's like, okay, people figured it out, and it's actually cheaper to produce than than 2D animated films, because I, okay, I'm not going to downgrade the artistry. No. Because it still takes a lot of artistry to make a CG film work. And when you watch a movie that, and, and when you watch a movie where there actually was serious artistry put into it, like Zootopia, where it was obvious that they spent so much time crafting that universe. Oh yeah, this this is why, uh, with the exception of Tintin, I never believed in motion capture films as, uh, you know, wave of the future. Like I I think uh, that was around like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah. when that was kind of starting to get big and. Uh, I remember the end of Ratatouille proudly stating, this is 100% artist animated, there is no motion capture in this film whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, good on you. Though though that was Brad Bird's follow-up to The Incredibles, let's not forget. We can't be shocked that that one was good. Um, I, I I I I will say this about the motion capture films. There's a couple I like. I think Monster House is really good. 
I think that the artifice of the uh, 2D of the uh, motion capture works really well for that. Uh, so I quite like Monster House. Um, I don't hate the Polar Express, but I don't think it's much more than a one-time trip. And Beowulf, I think, is... Eh, uh, I think it's a better script than it's credited as, but that's kind of about it. Yeah, it's it's just sort of... It's just kind of flat, bland, mediocre. It is. It looked pretty, but that I mean, but it didn't. It really didn't even look pretty. The character designs were not very impressive. I don't know. Frustrate those movies frustrate me. Movies like that because it's what they could have been. And one of the things I like about stop motion is that uh, stop motion continues to be extremely difficult and time consuming. So the movies and indeed entire studios like uh, hey uh, that continue to do that really put the effort behind it for the script and that's just it um you look at the movies that were coming out at during the death of 2d and seriously the scripts are so slapdash it's they're so formulaic the one time that warner brothers had a movie that had a really strong script they dumped it in the middle they dumped it in early august uh with an absolutely crummy ad campaign completely and completely buried it The Iron Giant. Now, I I will say this. Let's play. Let's pause here and play. What if here? What if the Iron Giant had actually been given the treatment it deserved? If it had been given a good release date, let's say okay. Instead of the dumping ground of August that it got, let's say that it got released in say February of two thousand. Given a good ad campaign, trailers on Toy Story two, for example. What? What if it had struck a, a fire? I'll bet you we might see more 2D animated films. Yeah, I think you're right. Never forget, by the way, that Brad Bird actually wanted to do the spirit after. Oh, oh my god. Yep. He, oh he, my god, oh my I god. Know. He wanted to do the spirit. What we would have gotten instead of what we actually I got. Know. I know. Now, for the record, his plan always was to do, at Warner Brothers, was to do The Incredibles next. That was always going to be his next film it just wound up jumping over to Pixar. Which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with because Pixar actually... But again, uh, there's just so much about this. So that's why, to get back to this movie, it is nice that we have these overseas films. Because uh, I've been lucky enough to see at least one Miyazaki in theaters. Uh, I got to see Ponyo in theaters. Actually, when I saw it, I had... When I saw it, it was late, late, late into its run, and I was the only person in the theater, so I got to watch it just in my own private screening nice i got to uh i got to see his final film uh the wind rises in theaters oh that's awesome that's awesome i mean i i'm grateful for the fact that some of these movies do cross the pond and that they do get seen i wish more of them got seen i i really do i'm not happy with how things have gone here uh, that these movies are buried i i really hate that you know that this this film, by the way, only got a very limited release. It was just an Oscar qualifying release, to be honest. Because as much as this worked fine at, on my, uh, you know, at home, it really would have worked better um, elsewhere. Yeah, we love seeing this on a huge screen. And that's the thing. I hate that these movies, that movies like this. I'm glad we get them, but I hate that we don't get them in the right way. It, because I just. 
because it's okay because if American studios aren't going to invest in them I want us why why if American studios aren't going to invest can't we you know we need to import these more and this is a lovely film this definitely deserved better than it got deserved way better than God. I I think it would play just fine to American audiences. Certainly to the audience that enjoyed Coraline. I think it would play very well to that same audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I want to point out about, like, a film's atmosphere and the journey is, uh, like, there are some very, like, there are stakes. Yeah. Like, there, there are stakes. However, uh, this movie was not stressful for me. No. Like, it was not, like, it was very feel-good. Like, I was feeling it throughout. I think that's because the atmosphere is so calming and so chill. It doesn't ever get hyper-excited and intense at the end, but it but it balances that by not making you just, throughout it. It's it's a very lovely, it's, lovely is the most appropriate term for this film. Yeah, and it was, it was very emotionally investing. Uh, I was, I was in tears at the end. It's moving. It, it It's genuinely quite moving. It's genuinely as a very sweet film because it does have an idea about coming to terms with loss, coming to accept those in your life, and it works. This is a, this is a very good movie. I need to stress that. This is a very good movie, and it really deserves your time. I, I'm glad that Ryan put us on to this. Uh, does this make him even for standing ovation? No. No, nothing's it does. Not 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 for me because nothing's <laughs> not not for You're saying nothing. Nothing's gonna make that. Even. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty painful. Uh, but this is but this is but this is nice. This is a nice palliative. This almost fixes that. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I just really enjoyed this movie. I really did. I'm glad I got to see it. If this, I I will say I know this is probably gonna be a much shorter cast than the norm, just because I don't know. And the hard thing about movie, discussing a movie like this is that it's so visual. It's so atmospheric. It's so much about this movie really is about the experience, about the line work. And you can't convey that in a podcast. My, my, I will say this. If you have Amazon Prime, it's included. So if you've got Amazon Prime, throw this on. It, it really, it's 94 minutes and it's well worth that time. This is one that definitely, with the I'd say, with the exception of, uh, with the exception of uh, the Peanuts movie, it's better than anything I've seen from Blue Sky. And your mileage can vary yeah. about if it's better than the Peanuts movie. I just happen to really love Peanuts, so. Which, by the way, it's also G-rated. Oh my! When before that movie came out, there was discussion that if that movie wasn't G-rated, they would have really screwed up on that movie. But you know what? That G-rating may have hurt it. It didn't quite perform to the numbers they were hoping. And the thought is, maybe it wasn't adult enough for people. And, it's, and again, it's one of those things, I don't give a shit about that. It's Peanuts. It's Peanuts. It has to be G-rated. And it was. It is not about adults. It is not for adults. Though I will cop to being 31 in the theater and having a marvelous yeah, time. Because that movie is awesome. That movie, you know, that was. I think that was one of the very first movies I saw, knowing that Lola was coming. That's why I look forward to showing her. Like I have a whole list of movies I cannot wait to show Miss Lola. Oh God, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I'm such a daddy. Oh. I'm such a daddy. <laughs> By the way, t- but I just I don't know. This is this is a good one, and I I do recommend seeing it out. I am gonna try and see The Secret of the Kells, just because 
now I'm interested. I, I want to see what else Moore does. I, I hope he gets to work. I know the film... I, I don't know how it did in its home country. I hope it did well. I, I hope it did well enough to justify him keeping working. Let's, let's, let's look that up real quick. And by the way, as far as like... Um... Like something to to keep in mind is that English is this film's native language, so that kind of enhances, despite being a foreign film, uh, that kind of enhances the experience a bit because you know the the lips match, uh, and it's also not hard to understand. Like the the accent isn't so thick that you can't understand it. Yeah, they don't seem to have. It did under a million dollars in the U.S. I don't. I can't get numbers on. Uh, on uh ireland this film has grossed 15 million in china and yeah under a million in the united states and canada it doesn't yeah you're right it doesn't say i i I don't know and it really i just hope i just hope the guy gets to keep working because we need movies like this we need stuff like this my advice to people is really this go to your library and really study the uh kids department and browse and see, and you might find some animated films you're not aware of, because um, I think that's well worth your time. Um, so yeah, so I wish I could recommend some off the top of my head. I do too, but that's but uh, but that's what because I know there are a few. But yeah, so but we have this one, and for what's worth, we still we still recommend Huevos. Oh yeah, we still recommend Huevos. That one was Definitely. that one was so much fun. I, I like that we're doing a number. Seriously, that one was just a lot more fun than I expected, and I like when that happens. Um, for the record, we are still going to be doing, um, you know, we'll, we'll still try to seek those out as much as we can, you know, on this cast, because we are animation fans. Uh, but yeah, strong recommend here. This is one well worth seeking out. Um, those are my thoughts. Yeah, that's fun. It's worth it. Uh, I rented it off Google. It's worth a Google rent. Yeah, you can you can find us on our blog. We are at uh, thefilmroom.podbean.com and of course you can find us on our side blog uh, Austin writes a ton there there's no shorts of material uh, thefilmroomlobby.wordpress.com and of course our social media uh, facebook.com slash thefilmroom we're almost to a thousand likes twitters uh, I am at permanentmanprd Austin is at untiledusr we as a whole are at Film Room Cast, and you can email us at uh, filmroompodcast at gmail.com. We love getting emails, we love getting feedback, good and bad, whatever, just send it. Um, you know, we we take well to criticism too. So, you know, if you don't like something about the cast, then tell us, or something that we say, or whatever. You know, we'd rather know than just, you know, have that sitting out there. And of course, Patreon. Uh, thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Sean from No Totally. We appreciate this part. Thank you. Anyway, next time, y'all. Next time.
Here, look, here. I think. Oh, go on, so. Tell us your name, Selkie, so we can sing of your adventure. Her name's Searsha. Searsha! Yo! Searsha the Selkie will sing and save the day. Nadina, she who rescued her, will cheer and celebrate. Do the man the fire and the fire of the air. 